The voice of the Utes, Bill Riley, defines the word competitive when it comes to BYU and Utah football. Plus, we go all access with Utah transfer and current BYU safety, Austin Lee. How's that secondary going to hold up? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, August 23rd, the final Friday of the college football off-season. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up. With Big Blue Bash co-host, four years running, Jerem Jordan. I'm excited. You and I are going to be there with Blaine Fowler tonight. Greg Rubel normally joins us as well. It's a fun hangout. Greg's in the South calling soccer. We'll get to that in a minute and how BYU did last night in the season opener at Alabama and what they got to see as well on campus, which is pretty cool. But we will be at Rio Tinto Stadium tonight. Uh, Doors open at 6. The program begins at 7. Kalani Satake, Matt Bushman, Kairos Tonga, Jaron Hall. I mean, it's... Awesome cast of characters going to be there tonight. ton of fun. If you're in Salt Lake or Utah County or wherever you want to show up in Sandy tonight, it's going to be a ton of fun. It's always fun to hear those guys address a big group in a semi-informal situation. Yeah, except we're live on Instagram this year, so we're going to have to edit out some okay. of the jokes. All right. We're going to have to reel it in a little bit. All right. Normally it was like a little, a little more edgy than this, but now, you know what, they're going to throw it on the gram, so we just got to... Play it straight this year. Do we need to get music <laughs> rights from BMG or whoever is uh, controlling no, that on Instagram? No, okay. No. All right. For here, this show, yes. But, uh, yeah. They've ASCAP, got a, BMI. Yeah. yeah, they've got a great auction. A lot of cool stuff. Yeah. They have, yeah, it's a cool event. So It's a, it's a loaded thing. You can go. Yeah. You want to hang out? Let's party. Here is today's loaded show lineup. What defines competitive? <laughs> Let's go. Holy Twitter fire yesterday. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was on Twitter you, yeah, for like you, four hours you yesterday. Did, yeah. Like I combined all the time I was on there, and I think it was like yeah. four hours. You did this. I, I fanned the Bill flames. Bill started it. But, I fanned but the But you flames. were the oxygen, man. Woo! The voice of the Utes, Bill Riley, again, who opened up this highly debated conversation yesterday. We're going to bring him back on today. He will join us live to discuss why he put out what he did. It's only fair to let him talk and to clarify. I want to I understand more of what he's saying. And your fall camp edition of not BYU Sports Nation headlines, plus all-access one-on-one with BYU safety Austin Lee. It's a Friday show for the ages. Now for your Friday BYU Sports Nation headlines. Exactly one week from today, we will all know what happened between BYU and Utah in the highly anticipated rivalry football game edition 2019. BYU football offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes says he's looking forward to playing on a highly viewed national stage. It's a great opportunity for us to play on a national stage when we know everybody will be watching and, and uh, we, can see, uh, we can see how much um, our hard work's paid off, I think, and have an opportunity to prove ourselves um, in front of a lot of people. A two-hour countdown to kickoff special begins at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, live on BYU TV this upcoming Thursday. We should mention there's always a two-hour radio pregame as well with our boy Jason Shepard and company. Cougars in the NFL, uh, preseason action. Kyle Vannoy, two solo tackles, a sack, and the Patriots' 10-3 win over the Panthers. Sione Takitaki and the Browns play the Buccaneers this evening. And tomorrow features three games with Cougars matched up on both teams. BYU women's soccer wanted Bama, 
got Bama and beat Bama, it sounded like this. It's a step two by Coulihan, swings and scores! Michaela Coulihan opens the scoring for BYU in the ninth minute, just into the ninth, and it's BYU 1, Alabama no score, Michaela Coulihan. A 1-0 victory in the Cougars' 2019 season opener. Greg Rubel on the call. BYU will stay in SEC country and play at Mississippi State in nearby Starkville tomorrow night, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. You can listen live to that on the BYU Cougars app. Of note. And we have a Jen Rockwood bobblehead now. How about that? In the BYU women's soccer realm, we have this new addition. To our set. I'm, yeah, I'm almost hesitant great. to pick it up because got the, ear, the earrings, the ponytail, the whole thing. The these hat. will be given out there she is. during the September 6th rivalry Ooh. showdown against Utah. On BYU TV. Jen Rockwood Bobblehead, welcome to the BYU Sports Nation set. And the European traveling men's basketball team is 3-0 in Italy with the 71-62 win against Stella Azura Academy. Yoli Childs, 21 points, 7 boards, 2 steals. He wore a headband as well, by the way. In another hoops note, BYU Sports Nation has confirmed the Vanquish the Foe report that Zach Selyus broke his foot in Tuesday's game. We learned that Selyus flew home and will have surgery on it today. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Bill Riley, the voice of the Utes on ESPN 700 in Salt Lake City, Utah, put out this tweet and question yesterday. And I quote, one week to the rivalry game poll question. Utah has won 13 of 16 and seven in a row against BYU since joining the Pac-12. Utah's program has been on a steady upward trajectory while BYU's has flattened. Will this rivalry ever, in all caps, be consistently competitive again? End quote. It all comes down to how one defines competitive or consistently competitive and I posed that question back to Bill how do you define competitive he responded with one word wins now in that realm if it's black and white strictly wins and losses then no it hasn't been competitive because Utah has won eight in a row but is there something more to it than just wins and losses Jerem how would you Define competitive. The margin matters in this. Yes, Utah's won eight in a row. We're well aware. Zach Wilson says, well, that it's one for me. Yeah. For the rest of us, it's eight, right? No, no, I understand that part. At the end of the day, yes. But guess what? The means matter. The means always matter. Yes. Okay? Yes. Um, the margin of loss in the last six have been 5.3. They've been one-score games. Aside from that 2011 game, they've been close, right? Um, if I were Bill... I would go bigger than that. I would say, let's look at other things. Um, During the Pac-12 independent period, that is 2011 to now, um, yeah, eight in a row. Hey, margin has been close. But you made a great point with Ohio State and Michigan and Utah and Washington. Tell the people what you tweeted. I I thought that was really valid. I have other uh, things in this, but I I think you're right. Okay, Uh, this and this this got a lot of run. Tell the people. I mean, The back and forth on this was crazy. So I posted a couple of facts. One, Ohio State has won seven straight against Michigan and 14 of the last 15 against their longtime rival. So question, is that series still competitive or not? It's still competitive, yes. Fact two, Utah has lost six of seven to Washington in Pac-12 play. The Utes are 1-12 all-time against the Huskies. 
Next question, is that series competitive or not? Most recently in the Pac-12 championship game, a 10-3 lockdown defensive battle that had a ball kicked in the air off of a dropped pass that resulted in a pick six. So if it's by wins and losses, then Utah and Washington is not competitive not at competitive. all. Will it ever be competitive at all? Like, I think that's unfair to ask. The margin, by the way, average Utah-Washington is 11. Since Utah joined the Pac-12. Yes, and the margin, the last six, BYU-Utah, is five. So take that for what it's worth. Now, over the last three games, Utah and Washington has been determined by essentially one yeah, score. I think it's more than wins and losses. I think it is. Um, if I were Utah, I would uh, look at other things, too. Okay, overall record. Did you know that BYU has the same amount of losses as Utah the last eight years? The same amount. I know that, but BYU has one more win. The Different schedules, I know. I know. Okay, okay. okay. Just... Individual awards, national awards, Utah has five the last eight years, BYU has zero. Draft picks, Utah 24, BYU 6. And then I would uh, look at money. Utah is in a better position than BYU right now. Is Utah a better program than BYU right now? Absolutely. But that's on the heels of Utah winning the South outright for the first time and going to the Pac-12 title game. The first time. Utah's not, uh, BYU's not in the league and has one less of those. One fewer. It's on the heels of the best Pac-12 season Utah's had. And they are ranked the highest they've ever been in a preseason. This is an all-time this, high overall this, for this Utah. This is the perfect time for, from, for Utah to come down at BYU and say, oh, we're here, you're there. I, and I'm not sure that Bill Riley is having that much sass with it. I think he's pretty fair and logical most of the time, right? As we try and be. But um, the fun fact is that competitive is in the eye of the beholder, and I think that there's a lot more to it. I think that the programs are in different places, but I don't think BYU is as, I don't think that gap is as far or as wide as perhaps people think it is. I am of the opinion that over the last three years, Utah has been competitive with Washington. I heard from a huge amount of Utah fans yesterday that Washington owns Utah. There's a talent gap there, just like there's a talent gap between BYU and Utah. On and on and on. And I kept replying with, we define competitive differently, and that's okay. It's okay. It's not okay on Twitter. The funny thing (laughs) is, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, all of the same arguments were being made by Utah fans against BYU fans that said, oh, BYU's dominating Utah. They're no good. Talent gap. Blah, 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 blah. It's funny how we cater this explanation of what competitive is to match what is accommodating to our argument, right? The fact of the matter is Utah was competitive in some games against BYU, even in the 80s and 90s. Absolutely. And BYU has been competitive against Utah in multiple games during this current eight-game losing streak. I would say in seven of the eight. You can be competitive in a game and still have the series be overall lopsided. In fact, I think it is bonkers that eight in a row has happened, that BYU hasn't, heck, lucked into one of these eight games and won a game. Yeah, The ball bounces the right way and BYU wins. Right, and we could highlight all of those. But you look at the last 40 years, it's been completely competitive. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last 40 years, it's 2020. Yep. It's 2020. It's 9-1 for Utah. 
the last 10. Uh-huh. Then it's 5 and 5. Uh-huh. 5 and 5. Uh-huh. And it was 9 and 1 BYU. Okay. Okay. Now, I get that Utah has has definitely turned, uh, you know, they've, they're on the upward, right? They're a preseason favorite in the Pac-12. This is the most preseason hyped Utah. This is the perfect time to make this argument, right, from Utah's side. I get it. BYU needs to win to establish some, I guess, balance to this. But I, I believe it is competitive. And probably not just once. Probably multiple right, wins. Right, It starts I mean, with one. One win. Like Lincoln Park said, it starts with one. One win doesn't change the whole tide, but it would sure help a lot of BYU fans feel better. Now, I'm sure. going to finish with this, Jerem. Our friend at Cougar Stats put out this incredible stat yesterday. BYU and Utah have the closest rivalry over the last 25 years as measured by average margin of victory in each game, yeah. minimum 20 games. Of the 15 closest series in college football, BYU has the second worst win percentage in those close games. <laughs> Got to beat Utah, right? Let's go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's go. Oh, my goodness. All right. Yeah, and, and you know what we haven't discussed is, hey, in basketball, uh, BYU's won you know, nine of the last 12 and dot, 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 right? It, like, it's just football that's in this conversation at the moment. Uh, but how many days away are we from this game? What? Countdown to the Utes. Two uh, two BYU Hall of Famers, Robbie Bosco, Mark Wilson. Not bad. Their numbers are retired. Luke Staley. Their numbers are retired. They retired those three uh, at the same time. At Lavelle Edwards yeah. Stadium. Yes, they did. Okay, topic two. We had a lot of conversation yesterday about the 10-win comment and uh, idea with scheduling and whatnot. So let me throw this out there, okay. given we're talking about our friends up north. Would you rather schedule 10 wins a season as an independent or struggle to perhaps get six wins in a Power 5 conference? Listen, I want a 10-win season for BYU and Independence so that we can feel like this thing has been validated. I really want that. But when you compare it to being in a Power 5 conference, the Power 5 conference, I feel in a lot of ways, is what's going to sustain BYU and help them stay competitive against the type of teams that they want to beat on a consistent basis. It is Power 5 all day Every day. If BYU has to struggle to get to six wins in a Power 5 conference, I will gladly accept that. Happily accept that. I will say this, with this caveat, if BYU did this for 10 years, it would probably get annoying. Man, it's been a struggle for 10 years for BYU to get to six wins. Like, and we'd wipe our tears with uh, Benjamins. Well, it's ask a team like <laughs> Oregon State or even Washington State when they had their frustrating run. But it's not. It's not like would you rather be a group of five? It's like no, like, you want like money. Ryan Seacrest said. Would I rather be famous and bugged at the grocery store or not famous? Sure. I would rather be famous. I would rather suck and be in a power. But five even the team up north, not. if yeah. Utah had not showed progress. If they had not broken free from that initial struggle after the first few years in Pac-12 play, they'd be frustrated. Yeah, I think they're – yes, but I would gladly be frustrated in that way. With I money. would rather be a frustrated rich person than a happy poor person. Does that make sense? I, totally. I get it. I'm with <laughs> you on wins. the Power 5 thing. In wins. Utah went 8-5 and five in year one, and then 5-7, five and 5-7. Seven, five and seven. Like, it would – if BYU ever gets into a Power 5, and I really hope they do. We all do, right? It's going to be a struggle. BYU's going to stink the first couple of years. You know, that's just what it is. So, no, I, I'm with you 100%. Now, 
the advantage of playing a schedule like this is the transition to a Power 5 schedule won't be as drastic as moving from a straight-up Group of 5 schedule. If BYU got into a Power 5. Correct. Yeah, but I think that you diminish your ability to perhaps get in one if you don't show that you can hang in it. And it's that depends dangerous. on the body of work, no, right? No, no team before had to play a schedule like this to get into a Power 5. Nobody went independent and then went in. They all played nine, eight or nine Group of 5 teams. It, it was not this hard. Our question of the day, dealing with headlines. What will the headline be next Friday following the Utah at BYU rivalry showdown? Let's go to <laughs> Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At OPC underscore Killa tweets in, two is coming next year. Hashtag BYUSN. <laughs> Listen, one is coming. His name is Zach Wilson. That he is. His name is Zach Wilson. That he is. Fun. Coming up, the not BYU Sports Nation headlines. And the voice of the Utes from ESPN 700 in Salt Lake City, Bill Riley, will join us to define competitive from his standpoint. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us next Thursday, August 29th, for a special two-hour edition of Countdown to Kickoff on BYU TV as Spencer, David, Brian, Dave, Blaine, and Lauren prepare you for the season opener. Between the Cougars and Utes, we'll be live out at Cougar Canyon inside the stadium. Tons of great content prep for that 8 Eastern next Thursday on BYU TV. Friday, this is how we do it live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, first guest of the day, voice of the Utah Utes on ESPN 700 in Salt Lake City, Utah. His name is Bill Riley. Bill, welcome back to the program. Hi, guys. Bill, uh, you and I had a fun back and forth yesterday. You put out a question of the day that got a lot of run and a lot of response. (laughs) I fanned the Flames. I don't think I uh, intended to fan them so highly, but, hey, it happened. Uh, And it deals essentially with how one defines competitive. So let me ask you this. If, let's say, BYU in the 1980s, which had a 9-1 record over a 10-year span against Utah, did you did or would you say it was competitive back then, even if some of the games were close? How do you define competitive? No, okay. you, comp- you define competitive in a rivalry series by wins and losses. Nobody remember if you are judging games by margin of victory, you're looking for moral victories, and I'm not a moral victory guy. I judge competitive series over the course of time, especially in a rivalry, by wins and losses. And that's why I brought that question up yesterday for those that didn't <laughs> didn't jump on. And by the way, thank you, Spencer, because I think you 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 I don't know that you got me any more followers, but the the poll once you decided to chime in uh, shifted quite a bit. But no, I, I asked the I, I asked the question yesterday, and I and I do mean this, and it isn't just based on the game this year solely. Um, Utah's won 13 of 16, seven in a row since joining the Pac-12 conference. And I talked to a, a college football analytics guy, a guy named Dave Bartu, the other day on my radio show. And, and I, I, I just asked him about Utah. And they, their, their recruiting and player development trajectory has been on a, on a steady climb since Kyle Whittingham took over, especially the last few years. 
And then I asked him about the in-state teams, Utah State and BYU and Bartu. I don't know what it was, but he went off and he basically pointed out that analytically BYU is recruiting at an all-time low in the program, their player development and things like that. And so I was just talking about it. And and I I brought it up yesterday because historically – Utah has the upper hand in the rivalry. They've won 64 of 99 matchups and seven in a row since the split in the Mountain West. And, and, and I just, I've looked at it and I, you know, the programs have gone in different directions and Utah's won quite a few in a row and they've got a recruiting advantage, no honor code, power five conference, things of that nature. And BYU's at a, at a bit of a disadvantage and so I just simply asked, will the rivalry ever be consistently competitive again? And I probably should have thrown the caveat in, not the games themselves, but over a span of time, will there ever be a decade like, say, the 90s or 2000s where it was 5-5? Five and five? Sure. You know, will, will there ever be a time where it's 6-4, and 5-5? Five and five? Because, you know, that, that's... Right now, that's not where we're at. And, you know, the poll came out almost a dead heat. It was slightly in favor of the yes, and I think because of Spencer Linton and <laughs> many of his followers <laughs> jumping on here. But, it, but, but for me, unless BYU makes some institutional changes, i.e. the honor code, or Utah just bottoms out, say Whittingham retires and whoever they hire does a terrible job, I don't see it changing any time in the near future. So that, that, was my, that was my two cents worth yesterday. Lots to discuss within that. Um, so in terms of the argument that, okay, competition, competitive is defined by wins and losses. Do you feel like then, because Washington is 6-1 and one versus Utah in the last seven uh, matchups, that that series is not competitive as well, even though yes. the margins yes. have... <laughs> become closer See, you're, you're you're now switching the narrative jerem you are you're taking it away from the byu utah question <laughs> to try and you're trying to craft the narrative in a different direction no, 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 i don't know i'm talking about utah, wins and losses but, but i don't think you no know, but, but i don't think utah has been competitive because they're one in six against against washington that that's my point i judge games uh, over a period of time since they joined the pac-12 conference they've not been competitive because they've won once that's the hurdle Utah's got to get over this year if they're going to meet the goal they want to meet, and that's win the Pac-12 championship. It doesn't matter that they lost on a fluke play last year. They still lost, and, that, and as a result, they weren't Pac-12 champions, and, and, and Washington was. It doesn't matter that they, they lost up at Rice-Eccles in a close game, and they, lost, they, they still lost the games. So you so don't feel the, like it was the, competitive the, even though USC, it's one play but away? The USC series has been very competitive. Utah's won in Salt Lake. USC has won in, in Los Angeles. So that, that series has been competitive since they joined the Pac-12 Conference. So, Bill, is it fair to say then that individual games within their own right can be competitive, but if you judge it based on a series of games over a number of years, that that too can have its own definition of competitive? No, that, that's exactly what I'm saying here. I'm judging series of games. The, the, the series between Utah and BYU has been one-sided in favor of Utah over the last 16 meetings and, and over the last seven since they split from the Mountain West Conference together. And my point is, 
Utah has some built-in advantages right now, being a Power 5 school, not having any real limitations on the type of athletes and players they bring in from a recruiting standpoint. They're not playing on the same level as they did maybe a little bit more when they were both Mountain West Conference schools. So I'm I'm judging it by the overall competitive nature of the series, not the games themselves, because we all know that the games have been close. And by the way, guys, I'm not saying that BYU can't and won't beat Utah ever again. Sure. I'm saying over, say, a decade-long span, I'll be really surprised unless something changes drastically in one or both programs if the games are 5-5 five and five or 6-4. and four. I think Utah's got a definitive advantage from a talent standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint, from a lot of different standpoints that BYU doesn't have right now, that if something changes by chance, well, that could level it out. But as things are right now, I have a hard time seeing it over the course of 10 to 15 to 20 years being competitive from a wins and loss standpoint. Yeah, and it's – it's interesting because currently Utah, this is, this is the, Bill, this is the perfect time for you to have this conversation. It is. Utah won the Pac-12 South outright for the first time, went to the Pac-12 title game, returns Huntley, Moss, Covey, all, a lot of that defense, highest preseason rank. Like, this, this, is, this is the perfect time. Do you feel like this is the, the best Utah team going into a season ever? On paper, yes. I think it's better. Th- well, no, no. I shouldn't say it. In the Whittingham era, for sure. This is the best team Kyle's had. It would be hard for me to say it's better than the 4 team, although they've got more preseason hype. This is the highest consensus Utah's ever been. If you go, you know, all the preseason mags, all the, all the polls that come out, Utah's going to end up at about a 13 or 14 consensus. Their previous hire, and I went back, and I didn't go every year, but I went back as far as I could go in most of the consensus preseason polls. The highest consensus they were over 10 to 15 polls was 20th, and that was coming into the 04 season. So I, I, it would be hard for me to say this is, this team's better than the 64 Liberty Bowl team. That was really good. <laughs> but at least in the Whittingham era, and that's the era that I've been closest to this program, top to bottom, frontline starters. I, I even think, and I, I've even talked to some of the guys that were on that Sugar Bowl team in 08, I think the and Andy Ludwig said it to the Athletic the other day too. He said, "Hey, not much has changed here in the program from a cultural standpoint and a mindset." He says, "But the athletes that we have in this program now are different than I was when, when I was here ten years ago." So, given the excitement, uh, the hype, um, if BYU beats Utah in Game One, is this perhaps the most devastating loss to BYU in a long time, or perhaps ever? Uh, well, it would be devastating. There's no doubt about that. I don't know if you would say ever because it, it's just hard. If they, if they then go on to win the Pac-12, yeah, it would be one of those things where you'd, you'd look back and say, well, man, that was, that was a lousy way to begin the season, yeah. and we stubbed our toe. But if you go on and win the Pac-12, that, that's why, you know, again, we're, we're talking about these two programs in different places. Ten years ago, this was the game, and it's still a huge game in this state. I don't ever downplay that because I love it, and it's a rivalry game. But, but Utah has bigger fish to fry than the Cougs, and if they lose to BYU next Thursday night but still win the South and beat Oregon, Washington, somebody to win the Pac-12 championship, it'll be a blip. It won't be a blip for BYU fans because they'll pound their chest and say, we beat you, we beat the Pac-12 champions, we're here. So, 
But, but yeah, I, I don't know that it would be the most devastating loss, but it would certainly hurt until they went out and beat SC or beat Washington or somebody like that. Bill, let's finish with this uh, really quick. I was talking with Blaine Fowler the other day, and we were trying to remember a time or the last time Utah was picked to win the conference, any conference, outright in the preseason. Do you know that year? Because I feel like it's been a long time, right? I would have to go. That I haven't actually looked at. I want to say they were – I'd have to go back and look at 08. I know they were in 04. I mean, that, that, would, that was the team that Urban – remember, TCU I don't think was in the, the Mountain West yet. I think Correct. it was still Utah – and and that was you know the end of the Croton era, so the Cougs were come, coming into the season down a bit. I think Utah because they were consensus preseason twenty. I want to say it might have been oh four. Okay, was the last time that they were like a unanimous pick to win the conference champ. I'd have to go back and look at oh eight, but TCU was probably in the mix, and BYU may have been in the mix that year too, but. I think 04 for sure they would have been because I'm trying to think of anybody else that would have been in the Mountain West at the time. Maybe CSU with Sonny Lubick, but I'm, I'm going to guess it was probably 04. Very good. Confirm it, tweet it at me, and then I'll respond and we'll blow it up again, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We'll blow it up again. Hey, take, take the matches away from him, would you, Jeremy? <laughs> Seriously. The Twitter arson. Take the matches away from him. <laughs> I, I, I had a little fire going. And then Spencer came in with all of his BYU followers and threw a gigantic match on my very dry kindling yesterday. Pour the gasoline. We call him the gas man. Bill, it's great to talk to you. We uh, we really wanted to talk to you today because we think it's only fair that you have your say in this whole uh, debate of how you define competitive. So thanks for joining us. No, you're, you guys are welcome anytime, and uh, glad I could uh, have a little discussion. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys next Thursday down in Provo. You got it, man. Thanks, Bill. Bill Riley on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Yeah, I, I feel differently about the word competitive in that, and that's fine. Yes. Again, I, we I've feel said like margin, uh, losers talk about margins of victory, sure. right? Or yes. loss. I, yes. Yeah, BYU's lost eight, but I, I just think there's more to it than straight wins and loss. I just do. I feel like Utah's been competitive against Washington, especially in the last three years. I watched both games last year, and I was like, wow, they're right there. They're right there. Yeah. Right? Coming up, what's it like to be on both sides of this rivalry? Safety Austin Lee discusses. And an update on BYU basketball senior forward Zach Selyus and his injury, plus a fresh batch of not BYU Sports Nation headlines fall camp edition. This is BYU Sports Nation. Monday for another season of Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV. Find out what Ed Lamb, Lice Tuyakian, and Jeff Grimes have to say about fall camp, what we can expect against Utah. It's Coordinator's Corner, Monday, 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific on BYU TV. Everybody get down on Friday. Classic words from Rebecca Black. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with another look at today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. One week from today, all of us will know the outcome of a highly anticipated and historic BYU-Utah rivalry football game to open a college football season for the Utes and Cougars. BYU football offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, understandably looking forward to playing in front of a lot of people. It's a great opportunity for us to play on a national stage when we know everybody will be watching and, and uh, we, can see, uh, we can see how much um, our hard work's paid off, I think, and have an opportunity to prove ourselves um, in front of a lot of people. A two-hour countdown to kickoff special begins at 8 Eastern, 
5 Pacific on Thursday. Yeah, BYU TV, two hours. BYU Radio, two hours. Awesome. We've got you covered. Cougars in the NFL preseason action update. Kyle Van Noy, two solo tackles, a sack, and the Patriots' 10-3 win over the Panthers. Sione Takitaki and the Browns play the Bucks this evening, and tomorrow features three head-to-head matchups with Cougars on opposing teams. BYU women's soccer wanted Bama, got Bama, and beat Bama. Greg Rubel on the call in SEC country as BYU wins 1-0 on a Michaela Coulihan goal in the ninth minute. BYU will stay in SEC country playing at Mississippi State tomorrow night, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. You can listen live to that game on the BYU Cougars app. And the BYU men's basketball team's 3-0 in Italy with a 71-62 win against Stella Azura Academy. Billy Childs, leading scorer, 21 points, 7 boards, 2 steals, and a headband. In another hoops note, we've confirmed Zach Selyus broke his right foot in Tuesday's game. Selyus flew home and will have surgery on it today. Jerem, it's time, and I feel like it's always been too long between instances of your not BYU Sports Nation headlines. We'll start with this, and let me put on my anchor face. You put on your you don't have it face. on. Media impressed by BYU coaches' array of sun shielding hats. They have these. They like they're all going gardening. You know, I do love the bucket <laughs> hat. Speaking well, of, Ed Lamb has a top hat on in this photo. I want to know how who I can get bonnet? one of those bucket hats. Yeah, who get, is that? Gennaro Guilford. Who is that? <laughs> Who's wearing the bonnet? <laughs> Blue bonnet. Steve, oh, I love it. Steve Clark's working at hot dog on a stick now. <laughs> Uh, I'd like some of that freshly squeezed lemonade, Steve. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Love a corn dog. Ryan Shoup and the Rubber Band. They have a great song about a corn dog. On the number two. Spencer Linton can't help himself. Hands out 27 fall camp MVPs. You get an MVP, and you get an MVP, and you get an MVP, and you get an MVP. They all do. Uh, fall camp ended, and we haven't given out the fall camp MVP. Are we, are we doing that soon? Is that, is that happening? Well, I think we know who it is, right? Let's discuss and okay. present later. Okay, okay. Headline three. Jerem Jordan denied request for coaches to be hooked up to a lie detector during fall camp media availability. Uh, what? Do I lie? No. What, what, no. what, is, what does this even mean? No, you want the coaches to be hooked up to a lie detector when you ask them questions. Oh, denied request. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I don't think they lie. They're just not telling everything. Okay, okay. Is that what we're saying? Lies of omission. I don't think they're lying. I think it, they could tell us a little more. It but would be They fun. want to keep it close. It to, would be fun yeah, to I get, get the truth serum from Ant Man and the Wasp. Yes, the truth serum in there, and just ask whatever. You're like, it's Zach, not a truth serum. Is that it's, it's true serum? You know what I really want to do is uh, have uh, Utah just tell us that Zach Moss stands for it. Yeah. Anyway, next. Cosmo shows up to fall camp thirty pounds overweight. Last year it was Kyra Stoga. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fat Cosmo. Wait, is that regular with, Cosmo or was he made to with, look fatter? Uh, BYU creamery chocolate milk in his left hand. <laughs> it's whole, whole milk. <laughs> Fat Cosmo. I don't like Fat Cosmo. Cosmo is in the best shape of anybody. Fat Thor and Fat Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's a not BYU Sports Nation headline. <laughs> On to the next headline. BYU football players get lost in newly renovated Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I wish, yeah. Isaiah Heron right there is like, uh, where do I go? Those stairs are legit on that uh, southeast corner, so southwest corner. Yeah. 
No, there's there's those walkways and there's new bathrooms, like 216 new stalls or something. Crazy. Be careful, guys. Yeah, which is uh, which is awesome. And uh, last but not least, Satake not discussing kicker battle wants Utah to prepare for two kickers. Yeah. We're going to whip out that two-kicker card. Who's going to kick now, Utah? <laughs> is what, it Jake Oldroyd or Skyler Southam? What six-footish white kid is going to kick right-footed now? How do you prepare for two kickers? Yeah. Those are not BYU Sports Nation headlines. Those are not headlines. Those aren't real. Brought I to you. I don't know if you knew that. Unofficially by Blue Onion Sports. No, officially by Delta. That's true. It's yeah. by Delta. <laughs> it is by Delta. Like, we have an actual sponsor. Keep climbing, for that matter. Our question of the day. What will the headline be next Friday following the Utah at BYU rivalry football game? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At the name is B underscore rad on Twitter. He says, feeling blue. Utah's offense sputters in 31-20 loss. Now, that could actually be a headline, feeling yeah, that, blue, yeah. if Utah lost. Yeah, you could actually see that sure. in, in uh, sure. the Deseret News of the Daily Herald, but probably not in the Salt Lake Tribune. <laughs> Coming up, how did the women's soccer team get into Nick Saban's office yesterday? Huh? Wait, that actually happened? I'm interested. And what has impressed BYU safety Austin Lee about this year's safety group? He's a guy that's... Been on both sides of this rivalry, BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Tuesday for the season debut of BYU Football with Kalani Satake, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app. We are Wednesday at 1 Eastern time. Coach Satake and Austin Lee preview the matchup with Utah. Reserve your seat on BYUCougars.com slash Satake Show. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. And speaking of Austin Lee, Jerem Jordan recently went one-on-one with the projected starting safety for BYU in game number one against Utah. He initially went to Utah transferred to BYU, and is now all about that BYU Cougar Blue, BYU Sports Nation All Access with BYU Safety Austin Lee. All right, Austin, what was the scrimmage like today in the stadium? It was fun. Uh, it's always a good time to be able to get out here in the stadium and, and to, especially, you know, where you're going to have these home games and to, to compete. And uh, I, th- I think we took a step forward being able to, you know, simulate a, a real game and live game, make sure we're at the right right spot. And uh, I think we took a, a good step forward. And I, I'm just excited what we have have to bring for game one. What excites you the most? Who what excites me the most? Uh, just going out there, really, like just, just being out there and, and having fun. Like uh, this team has been made such an impact in my life. And to be able to, to you know, hang out with them, uh, to be on the field with them at the same time, and just to be able to to win with them has been has been a, a big blessing in my life. And so I'm excited to play next to the guys that have been having my back for the past three years I've been here. What's it like having been on both sides of this where it feels like there's strong emotion depending on which side you're on, right? Oh, yeah, there, there, there's, there's big emotion. Uh, you know, they, they take it very serious. We take it very serious over here. And having, you know, I don't think it's been, it's never happened where, and we opened them with a home game, right, the first game, but we, we ended with them in the last season as well. And so it's, it's brought in a lot 
of sense of urgency. Uh, we haven't been able to beat them for a long time, and and so all off season, all you know, spring ball, all, all summer ball has been uh, a big emphasis on just being able to execute game one. Which which uh, season or seasons did you play with Utah against BYU again? Yeah, it was when uh, so. They had a break from them for a few years, but it was, oh, I know it was when <laughs> it was when they first played them in the in the bowl game when I was on the Utah side. Gotcha. So, what was that experience like watching the on the Utah side the most amazing first quarter ever, and on the BYU side the worst first quarter in the history of football? Yeah, it, it was it was kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> very similar to honestly this the last this last part of you know this last season, and and you know you have all the energy and emotion coming, and then. All of a sudden, it's like, uh-oh, BYU's coming back. And when I was over there, and so they, it, it was it was a roller coaster of emotions, and that's what this game brings, you know, intense emotions and and a lot of adrenaline and uh, a lot a lot of emotion. Emotion. Did you ever think you'd play at BYU no. when you were at Utah? No, I never thought I'd ever be here. Uh, you know, it's funny how things work out, and uh, you know, God works in mysterious ways, and you know, it just it ended up working well, and I'm excited to be here, and it's been it's been a, it's been a blessing to be here. Due to your good play, some injuries, some position switches, uh, you're the experienced guy there back uh, with the secondary and the safeties. Um, describe what it's been like with that group to make sure everybody's ready for game one. Yeah, we like you said, we have we have some experience back in the safety safety end of the group. And um, as far as the defense, uh, you know, we're, we know that we're going to face a really good team, and so execution is a big part of our plan. And you know, you you got to execute every play for four quarters you know you can't against a great team you can't just execute one quarter you know they're going to run away with it and so uh, to be ready we're going to have to be very sound in our technique and our assignments and our alignments and just being able to execute and handle those emotions that that we're going to be feeling. How have you taken on more of a leadership role with Troy Warner trying to get healthy and Dan Gamolku moving back to corner? Uh, I I love it I accept it as well Uh, as far as you know, Troy not have played recently, and he's been, he's been able to be a very good coach right now to to say right now, and and so I've embraced him and what he's had to say, and you know I try to you know be the echo as well and the mouthpiece on the field, and so uh, there's a time and a place when to when to lead and make sure when guys are in the right place at the right time and and love them up, and so it's it, those guys are very experienced, and so having Diane at corner and Diane or Troy not not in as much right now. It's been a big emphasis for me to be able to step up more. Describe who's playing with you at uh, you're the free safety, right? And then uh, who's competing at strong safety? So we we have we have a numerous guys right now that can that can play, and uh, some of them are Sawyer Sawyer Powell. We have Malik. We have Bo Tanner, um, and even Will Watanabe. They've also shown some. They they have different different aspects to their game uh but they and they bring something different to the table but they're they, i think they'll be ready every single one of them if they get thrown in the game they have the talent to do so and they're very assignment sound so uh we'll, we'll see what happens and i'm excited you know are they with you at free or are those the strong safeties those are more the strong safeties and at free we're very we're very loaded there as well we have hayden Livingston and Austin fences and they're they're very talented as well you know sure tacklers very athletic and so i'm excited with this this group of safeties can bring to the table and make the defense better as a whole what have you seen from the BYU offense as they hope to be more explosive this season uh I've, I've already seen them be explosive I you know some fans want to say they want to have hope in them but I'm, I'm 100% confident in their explosive plays I've seen it and it hasn't just happened in you know scouts 
It's been with the ones. It's been with the twos. They've been very consistent with their explosive plays, and and it's fun to watch. It's been getting the defense hyped up as well, and so it, it's fun when you can compete against guys that can run, with guys that can catch, and and a smart quarterback. And so it's it's just been a you know it's been a ride, and so they're they're going to be doing some big things this year. What's that like emotionally? Because defensively, you're hoping to get a stop. You want an incompletion. You want a pick. Yet you want the offense to be good. So how do you balance that when you are the ones competing with them until the season starts? Yeah, no, I I, I want the best. I want the best day in day out every every play. You know that's, that's how, how the games are going to be as well. And and we love our scouts to rise to that occasion as well. And so. Uh, it's you know obviously it's frustrating if they complete one on you, but you got to realize that that's going to happen in the games. You got to learn how to train that way that adversity will settle in, and how are you going to respond to it, right? And so it's it's it hurts sometimes, but it's it's exciting because we got to rise up as a defense and and to you know complete takeaways and to stop them and have third down stops. So it's been fun. It's been a long and short off season. It's felt long in terms of just getting here, but it's felt short in terms of okay, it's Utah, so there's a little more juice or a lot more juice. How have you handled this offseason knowing, hey, we just played those guys two games ago. We want a rematch. Oh, yeah. it's it, I feel like it's flown by. Uh, it, I didn't get to play spring ball uh, due to an offseason surgery, and so it felt like it flew by a little faster, but it helped me to be able to step into the, the mental aspect of the game and to make sure that you know I, I know not only my assignment, but I can see what the offense is trying to do and try to be a little bit different in my scheme and, and thinking abilities. And so... It's it's flown by for sure, and you know there's a lot of energy coming to game one. Is it a minor miracle if someone plays spring ball? I feel like there were 20 dudes of significance that missed spring. Oh yeah, I I, I don't know what it was, but that was my first spring ball missing. But it seemed like there was there's quite a few. You know, a lot of us had surgeries on the same day, and so uh, it's 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 good to see those guys back out here competing and being 100% healthy now. Okay, well, we look forward to the game in a little over a week. Uh, Let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma, and good luck next week. Appreciate it. Thank you. Austin Lee, BYU football safety, one of the more unheralded players on this current BYU team. But according to his position coaches, he's made a drastic improvement in speed, mobility, and overall football skill set. BYU's going to need it because, as we discussed, there's not a ton of depth at this Specific position group. He's the one experienced guy back there now, right? Yeah. Coming up, Cougars facing Cougars in multiple games this weekend in the NFL. And the summer of BYU volleyball on the international stage continues. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, Bill Riley, the voice of the Utah Utes, and BYU safety Austin Lee. Show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Kavanoi had two solo tackles and a sack in the Patriots' 10-3 win over the Panthers. And Sione Takitaki and the Browns played the Buccaneers this evening. Saturday, Taysom Hill, Corbin Kafusi, and the New Orleans Saints play Bronson Kafusi and the New York Jets. Fred Warner and the 49ers will take on Daniel Sorensen and Kansas City. Ziggy Ansah and Jerem Seahawks will play Michael Davis and the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Soccer. The ladies open the season by beating Alabama 1-0 with a goal from Michaela Coulihan in the 8th minute. Cougars play at Mississippi State tomorrow night, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, with radio coverage starting 30 minutes earlier on the BYU Cougars app. Basketball. BYU now 3-0 on the men's side in Italy with a 71-62 win against Stella Azura Academy on Thursday. Additionally, BYU Sports Nation has now confirmed Zach Selyus did break his right foot in Tuesday's game. Selyus flew home to have surgery on it this morning. Good luck to Zach. And CBS released a list of the top eight college basketball coaches set up for success in their first season at a new school. 
with Coach Mark Pope coming in at number two. Volleyball. Gabby Garcia of the BYU men's team and the Puerto Rican men's volleyball team lost to the U.S. at the Norseca Champions Cup. Garcia led his team with 13 kills on 13 attacks. The head coach of the Puerto Rican team, Ossie Antonetti. Oswald. Oswald, as they listed yes. him. Who? I didn't even know that was his name. Yeah. Ronnie Jones-Berry, pride of Copper Hills, and the U.S. women's volleyball team beat Canada in four sets at the Norseca Champions Cup. RJP had two points. Now for ta- today's Rise and Shoutouts. Jeremy, you take it away. Yesterday, BYU women's uh, soccer played Alabama. Earlier in the day, Gregor Bell tweeted out that they got to tour the facilities, including Nick Saban's office. Whoa. Greg told me this is a working office. This wasn't like a fake version of it, like a museum. This was actual office, papers on the desk. He was in a meeting room, two doors down. Like, what? That's awesome. That's incredible. To Tagovailoa's locker room, the whole thing. So pretty cool for uh, them to be able to tour Alabama. And they got the dub. And they came home with the dub. Or they went to Mississippi State with it. My rise and shout-out is of uh, the personal nature, which I don't do very often. But I want to give a shout-out to Kalani Satake and BYU football. They sent my dad, Kent, uh, who is in a real battle with cancer and uh, is uh, really uh, hanging on. Uh, a message last night after their practice in the stadium, and they sang the Cougar Fight song for him and for my mom and for my family. And it's not so much about my dad and his cancer as it is about just showing what type of person Kalani Satake is and the effort he goes to to uh, to help people find a smile when they're dealing with rough things. So my shout-out to Kalani Satake and BYU Football. appreciate you guys, and our family certainly uh, feels humbled that you would take the time to do something like that. Hey, and everyone's thinking about Kent. Yeah. All BYU Sports well, Nation. Shout out to Big Kent. Yeah. Love you, buddy. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on with our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. I know Kent would love to see BYU beat Utah on August 29th. That is for sure. At Jake Kemp Answers on Twitter. What's the headline going to be next on Friday? The curse has been lifted. Kalani Sataki finds his guy in Zach Wilson who proves them all wrong with stellar play against a team who must not be named. Page two, Greg Rebell at two to three weeks with laryngitis. <laughs> That's hilarious. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. Ran out of time. Conversation continues on the social media. Hey, don't forget the cough drops, Greg. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to all of the Satake family. Go Cougs.